Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me as always is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, we have our continued coverage of Winnipeg's Vital Signs 2017, and today's topic we'll be focusing on is health, healing, and well-being. Up first, we'll speak with Marion Cooper, Executive Director of the Canadian Mental Health Association Winnipeg, to learn more about how it helps connect Winnipeggers with the necessary mental health resources. We'll also speak with Alex Todd, Coordinator of the Shoebox Project for Shelters Manitoba Chapter, to tell us about this wonderful project where homeless or at-risk women are given shoeboxes full of wonderful gifts donated in their time of need. Then, Justin Odwack, Artistic Director and Conductor for the Rainbow Harmony Project, will join us to talk about their upcoming concert happening this weekend. And we'll also hear from Noah Ehrenberg of Community News Commons, Winnipeg's Citizen Journalism Project. We've got all this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today. Robert, we've got a great show. We're talking health, healing, and well-being. What do you, what do you think about that? those three wonderful things? Well, three very important things, very that's true, for sure. Very true. And, uh, you know, it'll be great to get some, some perspectives on that. We have Marion Cooper on from the Canadian Mental Health Association, who's going to be telling us more about the resources that they offer. We're also going to be going over some practical ways to reduce the amount of stress that you feel over the holidays um, because it can be a very stressful time for some people definitely before we get to any of that uh i want to talk a little bit about noah ehrenberg he's been on the show very many times in the past two three years uh, he's been a vital part of the show since pretty much our inception Um, absolutely throughout today's show we're going to be playing some wonderful messages actually from many of the citizen journalists that have written for community news commons over the years uh cnc has played a vital role here on on the show on river city 360 since we've launched uh but actually community news commons is coming to an end so today's conversation with noah is going to be a little retrospective about their experience as i mentioned no one's noah's been a huge part of our show cnc has been a very integral part of the media landscape here in Winnipeg, and uh, we we wish him the best moving forward. Absolutely, and we know it's not a goodbye, but just a goodbye for now. So, um, you know, we wish Noah all the best, and uh, we'll be speaking with him a little bit later to kind of look back, do a little bit of a retrospective on Community News Commons uh, and the important work that it's done over the past six years of its history. Um, there have been a lot of really fantastic stories that uh, maybe wouldn't have had the spotlight. Um, maybe wouldn't have had the uh the chance to get out there so um you know it'll be great to look back on that we look forward to having noah on for one last time in his role as convener of cnc for sure so throughout the show we're going to be hearing as i mentioned from citizen journalists and uh here's one of the first of many that we're going to be hearing on today's show hello my name is shona davidson and my experience with community news commons has been life-changing Writing stories to be published was something I never thought I'd be able to do, but CNC changed all that, and I am not afraid to try new things, such as audio and video editing. Noah did much more than 100% to help us in his encouraging, kind, and respectful manner. I wish I'd had more teachers like him in my past. I so value his professionalism, and his insights 
into writing stories. The community aspect of CNC was very important to me because I met so many new friends and I learned from all of them. Thank you, Noah. Thank you, CNC. Okay, my name is Ian Irvin. Uh, my experience with Community News Commons began in the spring training shops of 2014. I attended spring and fall workshops every year since and have never failed to learn new things every time. I've always enjoyed the cookies and the snacks and the camaraderie, and I've enjoyed the opportunity to learn about writing and photography and videography, podcasting, investigative journalism, and I've learned from an amazing array of people actively engaged in Winnipeg's varied communities. I've learned about citizen journalism and it's an increasing value and importance in today's ever-changing society. I've also learned much from the humble, knowledgeable, patient, and always respectful person who has guided the project since its beginning, a guy named Noah Ehrenberg, a person who has guided this project since its beginning. <laughs> A guy named Noah Orenberg. What else can you say about him? Passionate, dedicated, great sense of humor. All I can say is thank you, Noah. What you've created here will change, as all things do, but I believe it cannot help but have a lasting effect. So we'll be hearing from many more citizen journalists throughout the show. Stay tuned for that. Thank you very much to everyone who uh, left their message for Noah and for CNC. Coming up after the break, as we mentioned, today's show is all about health, healing, and well-being. And uh, as I mentioned at the top of the program, Marion Cooper, the Executive Director of the Canadian Mental Health Association in Winnipeg, will be joining me via telephone and we'll talk about the events and resources that it provides, uh, as well as we'll talk about the holiday season as well. And uh, and that can be a stressful time for, for many Winnipeggers. So what are some things that people can do to help reduce the amount of stress that they feel around the holidays? Before we get to that, though, we're going to hear Betty Robertson with Feeling Good right here on River City 360. Bird flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me. Butterflies all having fun, you know 
Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I'm now joined via telephone by Marion Cooper. She is the Executive Director of the Canadian Mental Health Association, Winnipeg. Marion, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Tell us a little bit about the Canadian Mental Health Association and some of the many roles that it plays in connecting people locally with resources and being an advocate for mental health. Uh, well, I'd be pleased to share with you um, that CMHA, the Canadian Mental Health Association, we've had a presence in Manitoba and in Winnipeg in particular for well over 50 years. In terms of the kind of need and services that we provide, you know, certainly there's a growing recognition that mental health really matters and the need for mental health supports. And so CMHA, you know, because of contributions we get through foundations like the Winnipeg Foundation and other foundations, we're able to provide those services and supports in ways that can really make a difference um, for individuals and families. So, you know, those are the things that we do here in Winnipeg, include things like housing supports, rehab and recovery services for individuals who've had a mental health challenge and are on the road to recovery. We provide a whole host of educational resources and supports as well as going into schools and workplaces. So those are some of the services that we offer out of our location at 9.30 Portage Avenue. Winnipeg's Vital Signs 2017 mentions the importance of mental health as one of its key findings when it comes to well-being in our city. Clearly, there's a need for more access to supports. Um, Can you speak to how that access has changed in recent years and what needs to be done moving forward to keep on improving uh, access to mental health resources and services? Well, certainly... With the growing recognition and public awareness about mental health and mental illness, 
um, what we've seen is that growing awareness also sort of driving sort of the demand and need for services and access to services. So you're absolutely right as we hear those statistics and are reminded of how significant and how prevalent mental illness and mental health problems are. The challenge is, of course, that the need outweighs the available resource base. And certainly, we see that every day at the Canadian Mental Health Association, where we are hearing from Manitobans on a daily basis, looking for services, looking for supports, trying to find their way and not knowing where to begin. If there are people who do identify a problem and they need to seek help, you know, even when they're comfortable to be at a point where, you know, they realize, okay, I know I need to reach out somewhere. It can be a really confusing system for people to try and navigate and and find the help that they need. And the CMHA has published a guide of mental health resources for Winnipeg. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and what's new from the development of that as well? Thank you for asking about that, because that is certainly one of the ways in which we try to support Winnipeggers to help know about what resources are available and the beginning of uh, their journey around navigating. So in addition to being able to walk in or phone and, and have the support of a service navigation specialist, that's a tool. The Mental Health Resource Guide is a tool um, at your fingertips. We've been publishing that resource for a number of years. In fact, we just released the 22nd edition. So it, it is something that continues to grow and evolve. And it's a very well-received resource. You know, for listeners who are interested in receiving a copy, all they need to do is call our office at 204 982 and we'll happily send that out. Uh, We also have it on our website. The resource guide has a new section this year that's uh, targeting newcomers and specifically looking at the needs of newcomers from a mental health, from an emotional perspective, and how to support those transitions into coming into a new country and all of the stressors that can come with that. But also recognizing that many newcomers and refugees have left very stressful situations and that there's a period of recovery, and in some cases, uh, recovery from post-traumatic stress and situations that may have kind of led them to fleeing those countries and looking for a, a more peaceful land. So we have a whole array of services that we included in that resource, and that is really to respond to the growing newcomer refugee population that we have in our community, and as, in a really important way of ensuring that we're supporting and providing the kind of care that people need to really flourish in their lives. Whether you've been in Manitoba all your life or you're new to Manitoba, Ultimately, our goal is that Manitobans have the resources that they need to to be mentally healthy. We're going to take a quick musical break, but we'll have more with Marion Cooper, the Executive Director of the Canadian Mental Health Association here in Winnipeg, after we hear It's a Great Feeling by Doris Day right here on River City 360. It's a great feeling to suddenly find the clouds are silver-lined when the sun breaks through. It's a great feeling to walk down the street, see the folks you meet smiling back at you. As long as I've got someone to embrace, as far as I'm concerned, the world is such a lovely place. It's a great feeling, your credit is nil, you never make a mill, but nonetheless I state, if you're in love, you're feeling great. 
It's a great, great feeling to suddenly find the clouds are silver lined. When the sun breaks through, skies are blue. It's a great, great feeling to walk down the street and see the folks you meet smiling back at you. As long as I've got someone to embrace. As far as I'm concerned, the world is such a lovely place. It's a great, great feeling. Your credit is nil, you never make a mill. But nonetheless, I stay feeling great. If you're in love, you're feeling great. Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today, and we now rejoin my interview with Marion Cooper, the Executive Director of the Canadian Mental Health Association in Winnipeg. The CMHA also has a number of public events and courses throughout the year that cover a variety of topics, mental health in the workplace. Um, There's a course on yoga and meditation, mindfulness. Can you give us sort of a brief overview about those and how can people access those? Absolutely. Again, our website has got a full slate of uh, the various courses and workshops that we're offering. And so if you go to the website, you'll see what's happening currently. We have a whole recovery supports workshop series that um, has a range of topics including things like self-compassion, you know, knowing your rights, being able to speak up for yourself, managing negative thoughts, you know, and being able to establish healthy boundaries in relationships. Those are some of the examples of our recovery supports workshops. Then we have in January a new course that we're offering called Mindfulness for Children. This is a six-week course that starts in January, on January the 8th. So that'll be a new offering. Uh, We have, you have mentioned, our mindfulness-based stress reduction program that we've been delivering out of our center for the last nine years. And we have continuous uh, courses being offered there where people come together for eight weeks and cultivate a mindfulness-based practice that really has shown to reduce anxiety, improve mood, and just overall health and well-being. We do a great program that's one of our CMHA signature programs called Living Life to the Full. And that's an eight-week course that's also designed to help people look at the different areas within their life that can really help them to um, live the full life that they deserve and uh, to not be pulled down by, you know, those challenges and stressors that can come and go in our lives, but to build resilience and positive uh, habits that promote well-being. Given that the holiday season is now fast approaching, you know, it can be a busy time for a lot of Winnipeggers, but also it can also be a very stressful time as well. What are some things that people should keep in mind, maybe some simple things that people can do to help reduce stress during the holiday season? 
well, this is an important topic for every every person right now. And, you know, how we manage the the holidays is really important. We talk about eight tips for mental wellness during the holidays. And this is sort of one of our key messages this time of year is to really encourage people to look at these eight strategies and to, to just reflect on their own sort of situation and apply these simple strategies to help just make the holidays as enjoyable as they can be and to keep the stress down. You know, it really can start with just looking at something as simple as knowing how to live within your means. There's a lot of pressure during the holidays to shop and to buy that perfect gift. But one of the things that is really important is that we really try and think about what's really important. You know, is it all of the things and the stuff or is it about that quality time with family or friends or an opportunity to slow down, you know, and just to take some rest and relaxation because hopefully, you know, there's some change in the routine around sort of holidays and a little bit of more downtime. You know, a couple of other things that I just want to highlight is we can try and take on too much during the holidays. You, you know, you might get a lot of invitations and you have a hard time saying no. Trying to not take on too much can be really important. So being able to set limits. Other people aren't going to do that for us. So pacing yourself and not overcommitting oneself or having unrealistic expectations is really key. Some people struggle with loneliness and isolation during the holidays. That's real. And so for those of us who have people in our life uh, who aren't as connected or are a little more isolated, it's an opportunity for us to, to connect with those people. Um, but also, if you're someone who's struggling with aloneness and isolation during the holidays, think about doing some things that get you sort of out and about, maybe considering you know, taking up a, a winter hobby or volunteering or just doing something to get yourself uh, out and around people to just combat some of that loneliness. We know that holidays can remind us of lots of loss, loss of loved ones or life experiences that have been painful. And so holidays can be a time when we start to reflect on that. So, you know, how do we make sure that we surround ourselves with some supportive, caring people who can understand that loss and just, just honor that? So those simple everyday strategies can really make a difference. If people want to learn more about the Canadian Mental Health Association, or if there's if they want to get involved uh, with some of the programming, where can they go to learn more? Well, they can go to our website. It's mbwpg.cmha.ca, or you can call 204-982-6100. And those are two really easy ways to, to reach out to us, and we'd be really thrilled to, to hear from, from folks. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Marion Cooper, the Executive Director of the Canadian Mental Health Association here in Winnipeg, for taking the time to, uh, to speak with me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Happy holidays. Thanks, Robert. And thanks again to Marion Cooper, Executive Director of the Canadian Mental Health Association here in Winnipeg. Coming up after the break, we're going to be joined by Alex Todd of the Shoebox Project for Shelters Manitoba chapter. She's going to be telling us about all about the new project and how it helps women that are going through difficult times here in Manitoba with a simple but impactful shoebox full of gifts. Hi, my name is Deanna Ng and my experience with CNC has been very confidence boosting and given me life. Noah and his very wonderful help in editing and teaching the classes on writing and interview skills and just all the different aspects of writing has been extremely helpful for my life and my career 
and just meeting so many other people, like a whole community of writers, has really inspired me. And the way Noah has edited my articles on Community News Commons has been just absolutely fantastic. I have a sense of purpose and a part in the community, and I just can't thank him enough for all he has done for me to find work and just be creative in all aspects of my life. So thank you so much, Noah. Hi, I'm Susan Hubert, and I started with Community News Commons, I think, fairly close to the beginning. I think it was 2012, and it's been a very good experience throughout. Noah has told me that I was actually the most prolific writer, which is nice to hear. And he's been very supportive in terms of the different topics I wanted to write about, anything from poverty and hunger to monarch butterflies, and most recently, necrofauna, sometimes subjects that I don't know much about, but he's been very good about um, editing and often finding pictures when I couldn't find something. And it's been very good to have the training sessions as well and to, to be able to interact with the people and with Noah as well. So thank you very much for all of this hard work that you've put in and for the time that you've spent with all of us. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today. And we're now joined via telephone by Alex Todd. She is the coordinator of the Shoebox Project for Shelters Manitoba Chapter. Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Nolan. It's uh, very uh, an honor to be with you. Thank you. Well, it's our pleasure to have you because we wanted to talk about the Shoebox, the Shoebox Project for Shelters. Now, give us a little rundown of exactly about what the Shoebox Project for Shelters is. The Shoebox Project for Shelters was started as a homegrown initiative in 2011 in Toronto by four sisters-in-law, and they are the Mulroney sisters-in-law, and they felt they just wanted to give back to some local shelters, and they thought providing small gifts in the form of a shoebox, delivered in a shoebox, would be an ideal way to make sure that women living in shelter and at the risk of homelessness or, in fact, homeless could just be acknowledged and have some joy during a time that can be extremely isolating for the women who are away from their families, estranged from their families, and facing challenging situations. And that first year they started out, they had 400 shoe boxes, and now the initiative has grown right across Canada, and to the end of 2016, there's been over 91,000 shoe boxes delivered. So tell me, it, obviously the shoe boxes don't just have shoes in them, what sorts of things are these women uh, gifted with? For sure. Um, we do provide um, shoe boxes. We have a criteria that we've set out um, with please do's and please don'ts, and they are items that, yes, are essential and functional. So it's toothpaste and a new toothbrush, a new hairbrush, comb, um, things that are essentials for every day. But the real goal for the shoe boxes is to provide women with a gift that we would be proud to give our our own close family members right. and friends. Mm-hmm. So there are also things that are considered to be luxuries, especially during time of, of hardship and challenge, and that would be um, beautiful body lotion mm-hmm. or a lipstick, mascara, 
eyeshadow. Um, definitely something of a treat um, without nuts, and we can go over that later. Mm-hmm. But um, and something warm, a new took, a new scarf, something that just says to somebody um, that you are special, and that this gift is composed just for you, not the children that you may mm-hmm. have with you, but just for you to acknowledge you and uh, let you know that you are very deserving and very special. What, what, what has been some of the reactions that you've seen or heard of uh, from some of the women in these shelters? Oh, gosh, Nolan, it is, it's, and I will say, it's sometimes very hard to even speak of it because mm-hmm. the reaction and the impact that um, what is seemingly, you know, a shoebox filled with quote-unquote things, but right. for many of these women, it truly, this has been the only Christmas gift that they have ever received, and that is not an exaggeration. Wow. Our feedback from the uh, executive directors and caseworkers from our partner agencies, and often we're very honored to get notes personally written by the, the women who are receiving them. Mm-hmm. And it's overwhelming the impact that these have um, on their day, and it goes beyond what Christmas is. It goes beyond just that moment in time. They really do have um, just a, often an everlasting impact mm-hmm. on how they feel about themselves and what that can do for building their confidence and their self-esteem. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's it, really amazing. It's probably tough for a lot of these women who feel just a lack of acknowledgement from from loved ones or from society in general and, and just getting this little shoebox would absolutely probably brighten their day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're so right. It's, you know, for any woman who finds herself in those circumstances and, um, you know, we do have to say that often women who end up in uh, emergency shelter, it is a direct result and consequence of domestic and family violence. But there are also women who find themselves um, in shelter or at risk of homelessness or, in fact, homeless for a myriad of reasons. And with that definitely comes um, estrangement often from entire families, um, displacement from a home that, you know, they may have been in for, for years and only only have that really known to them. And even, you know, separation from their own children sometimes. So um, it can be extremely isolating and very easily um, taken that they just, they don't matter. You know, they don't exist. No one sees them. Um, Especially this time of year when it's, mm -hmm. you know, typically families are all getting together and celebrating. It can be very difficult for someone who doesn't have uh, that, uh, the ability to do so. Yes, exactly. So I'm going to ask you how our listeners can get involved with the Shoebox Project for Shelters. But before we get to that, I'm just curious, Uh uh, what's your connection to the project? How how long have you been involved and and why did you want to make this something that you really focused your time and energy on? Thank you for asking. Um, I have been with the Shoebox Project uh, for Shelters since uh, 2014. That's when I first joined in. And I started with 
the way that a lot of our volunteers do is I just um, am very interested in community service and giving back. I particularly had experience working in a woman's shelter, what was known as Osborne House at the time, and now uh, known as Willow Place, um, with a little bit of separation from the original organization. Mm -hmm. But I just... I've just been really lucky. We, we, Our family has always been one that we've tried to give back and do what we can. Mm-hmm. So I think when that's instilled in, in you as a young person, I think it's, a, for most people, a natural um, journey to doing something more as you get older. Right. And always, you know, in different organizations have tried to lend a hand and give back and this one just appealed to me because of the timing of it and mm-hmm. what's really important is just the immediate impact that yeah, right. you can see and realize. And I think that's that's a gift that the donors actually receive right. in knowing that they are making a difference in someone's life in an immediate way mm-hmm. and in an impacting way. And it's a pretty big impact for the investment too, right? Like it's not a lot, you know, $50 worth of things they say for, to put in the shoebox mm-hmm. and it can literally change someone's life. So if someone's out there listening, how can they uh, how can they help and how can they get involved with the shoebox project for shelters? Okay, well, thank you. And again, thank you, Nolan, for mentioning the value of the shoebox. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to briefly touch on that, that dollar value came to be because um, the realization that truly an individual, you know, in circumstances can have that as an attainable goal, but also that value can be um, shared with others, um, schools, your knitting group, Mm -hmm. um, colleagues. So it's attainable for for everyone because one shoebox makes a big difference. For sure. And for your listeners, um, to get involved is just as easy as picking up a shoebox, and it can be one they have at home and can be wrapped top and bottom separate, please, because these shoeboxes do go through an inspection before they're distributed. And filling it, we have on our website, which is www.shoeboxproject.com dot com slash manitoba there's a list there of please do please don't um, information about why it matters to be a part of this organization and then just take your assembled shoe box we have on the website again listed um, there's library uh, locations that are serving as drop-off centers there's also uh, independent businesses throughout the city and in Headingley at the library, the Headingley Municipal Library, and also in Oak Bank, the PharmaSafe is serving as a collection site for us as well. Perfect. So yeah, the yeah. website again, the shoeboxproject.com. There's drop-off locations, information, everything you could possibly need to get involved with this wonderful cause. Alex, thank you so much for talking to us today. Alex Todd is the coordinator for the Manitoba chapter of the Shoebox Project for Shelters. Thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Nolan, and thank you for the opportunity to shine a light on our organization. We're just very, very honored by it. Hi, I'm Susan Cameron, and 
this is my experience at Community News Commons. I suffer from hyper -edit self-editing syndrome, commonly known as procrastination. So here's Susan sucking it up and sending it in. I'm going to quote a poem from A.A. Milne first. When I was one, I was just begun. When I was two, I was nearly new. When I was three, I wasn't quite me. When I was four, I wasn't much more. When I was five, I was just alive. But now I'm six, I'm clever as clever. I think I'll stay six forever and ever. I hope I have the wisdom to know that I am not clever as clever, but I can see the evolution of our skills, and that is all due to Noah. He honed our skills over through respect, a positive attitude, and gentle encouragement. Today I am less afraid and less tentative in writing for an audience. I look at the world with more curiosity and wonder. I am able to ask the questions and get the backstory. From street people to bus riders to politicians, everybody has a backstory. That is the empowerment philosophy that Noah has given me. That's a big 30, Noah. Good on you. I am Julian Cooper. I have really enjoyed Community News Commons, also known as CNC, or Community News Commons News by You. I have really enjoyed the workshops and the connection that we have to Noah Ehrenberg. We still have it for a little while. Unfortunately, it's not going to last. Let's say what I have done. I have enjoyed learning more about photography than I knew when I was a child, including the input of digital photography. I have learned better to do radio and also to coordinate from one media to another, i.e. radio to sites, to computer sites, so that there's social media and various other kind of media collecting the information that I would deposit from myself and from others. I've done it for a long time as well. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to River City 360. My name is Senny Promolo and today I have with me Justin Odwack, Artistic Director and Conductor for the Rainbow Harmony Project, who is here to talk about their upcoming concert, Sing and Be Brave, Songs of Joy and Justice. Welcome to the show, Justin. Hi. Before we get to the concert, could you please share with us what the Rainbow Harmony Project is? The Rainbow Harmony Project is a community chorus um, for members of the LGBTQ2 uh, community and their supporters um, to come and, and sing together um, every week. So we rehearse every week. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And how did you first get involved with the Rainbow Harmony Project? Um, that would have been the beginning of the uh, season last year. So in September of 20. What is it now? <laughs> 2016. Um, they were the, the choir was looking for a co-director, and uh, at the time um, I applied for the position and and was sharing the role with uh, with our past artistic director uh, Johanna Hildebrand. So we were kind of sharing that last year. Yeah. And based on your experiences, what does the Rainbow Harmony Project mean for the LGBTQ2 community and its supporters? The choir is really a Besides making music, it's really a, a place where people can come together, uh, socialize, um, get to know each other, and for people really just to feel safe making music together. That's really the, the goal of the choir is to, um, you know, provide that, that kind of safe place for people to come and, and make music together. Absolutely. According to the Winnipeg Foundation's Vital Signs Project, 23% of Winnipeggers have felt uncomfortable or out of place because of religion, skin color, culture, race, language, accent, disability, gender, or sexual orientation. How is the Rainbow Harmony Project helping to reduce that number and decrease discrimination? 
Well, that's an interesting question. The, the the choir really is a diverse group of people. We have about um, 60 to 65 members in the choir. Um, people from from all walks of life, um, and it's a really cool it's a really cool thing to be a part of, um, because as the director, I get to you know see um, everybody that comes in, and it's a multi generational group. So we have you know people in their early twenties, such as myself, and then moving all the way up, you know, to people in their early seventies who have been in the choir since its beginning in nineteen ninety nine, and it's it's a really interesting um, mix of people. Um, who bring a wealth of knowledge of life and it's it's so it's so cool to be a part of it um, and people who are part of the LGBTQ2 community and people who are not and uh, and it's really great to to you know bring uh, different perspectives to uh, music making mm-hmm. and sing and be brave is the title of this year's annual many gifts concert the rainbow harmony project has held the annual many gifts concert for quite a while now how many years has it been so far I think the Many Gifts concert has been going on since since the beginning of the choir. The choir was started in 1999, and so we're we're getting close to our 20th year. Uh, so our 20th season is coming up next year. So we're you know excited about that. But the Many Gifts concert has been has been going on for quite some time, um, and it's a really it's a really cool part of what we do. It's you know we have a spring concert too, but I think really the Many Gifts concert is that big is the big concert of the year. Um, and we, it's usually in December and we, you know, try and mix a lot of different kinds of music, holiday music, winter music and, and, and others. Awesome. And what songs can we expect to hear during the concert? And could we get a sneak peek? Well, I'm not going to sing for you right now. If that's what you're asking. <laughs> no. But, uh, but the whole impetus of this concert was a piece called Don't Be Afraid. And, uh, and it was written, uh, for a... Uh, the Don't Be Afraid campaign, um, which focused around an attack of a man, Scott Jones, in Nova Scotia in uh, 2013. Um, and it sort of sparked a conversation amongst uh, myself and our uh, assistant director, uh, Brittany Melnichek, who, who's helping me out as well in the choir. And we wanted to really focus on songs about joy and justice. And, you know, with all the the political and 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 whatnot uh, things that are going on in the world right now, I just think think that it was a really warranted um, theme for a concert, just to talk about songs uh, for human rights, songs uh, also about joy. You know, just singing about things that make you happy, and uh, and it's a really uh, I think it'll be a really moving concert and also a really fun concert. So we're not looking, you know, to for people to leave feeling heavy, but we want you know there's there's going to be uh, some ups and downs for sure. But yeah, it's definitely going to be a feel-good concert. Um, you know, talking about those those important human rights issues. Mm-hmm. It really does sound really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, when and where will the concert be held? So the concert is on December 9th, which is coming up pretty soon, and it's at 7:30 at St Andrews United Church in River Heights. And for those interested in hearing the Rainbow Harmony Project live, where can they get tickets? So we sell tickets from choir members. So if people know choir members, uh, that's great. If you can check out our website, rainbowharmonyproject.ca, for uh, more information about tickets. Uh, I believe the tickets are also for sale at McNally, as well as the uh, Happy Cooker in uh, Osborne Village. So there's a few different ways people can get tickets, uh, but I would definitely check out the website for more information. And I, I think you might even be able to buy them online too. Excellent. And as promised earlier, here is a clip of the Rainbow Harmony Project. 
beautiful. For those who are interested in joining the group, where can they go? Uh, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send them to our website because uh, all information for choir members and people who are interested is posted there. We, uh, we have a, a, a great um, board member who updates that regularly and um, information about the season would be posted, you know, so close to the end of the summer in August. Uh, so people who want to come and join the choir, it's an audition. So people can just come, um, they can check it out, don't have to feel pressured to audition, um, and they just come and, and we sing, and, and the choir sounds fantastic. So Awesome. it's great. I really urge everyone to support our local talent and go check out the Rainbow Harmony Project and their annual Many Gifts concert. Thank you once again for speaking with us today, Justin. It was a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to River City 360. <clears throat> Nolan and Robert here with you today, and I'm now joined in studio, perhaps for the last time for ever, <laughs> at least in this role, at least as the convener of Community News Commons by Noah Ehrenberg. Noah, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm not going that far away. That's true. You'll be just a stone's throw away, <laughs> still right. working for the Winnipeg Foundation, but Community News Commons is shutting its doors and closing closing down after five or six years, has it been? Uh, it's five and a half five years, and a half actually. Years, yeah. right. So maybe let's take a little walk down memory lane. What happened five and a half years ago to get this project off the ground? Well, back in 2012 is when I was hired to be the editor and convener of Community News Commons, and this was a new project started by the Winnipeg Foundation with a um, matching grant from the Knight Foundation in the U.S., and uh, it was to begin this um, citizen journalism initiative, and it was a website, and it was going to, uh, you know, we were going to train people and uh, sort of uh, let um, citizens uh, have the best shot at telling stories from their neighborhoods, and uh, these would be multimedia online journalism, and so that's how we started, right. and uh, here we are today. Well, what was the motivation behind the, the foundation, which is an endowment-based organization, to invest in journalism like this? What was the point? At that time, there was a push in the U.S. and in Canada to uh, try and uh, support non profit journalism because there was a real concern that our local journalism needs weren't being met and that it was becoming more and more difficult for uh, media outlets to provide local journalism. And as we can see, that that's really what's happening today is mm -hmm. that there is a, uh, a business model that uh, isn't working for uh, for media outlets. And unfortunately, we're losing our, uh, some of our media outlets. And so the idea was, let's protect democracy. Let's uh, protect uh, uh, the homegrown stories that really mean something to people in our city, and uh, let's try and uh, you know create a community that uh, that could 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 uh, could tell some of these stories. And that's informed, I guess, and informing itself. Yeah, the and idea was that an informed and engaged community would become a more caring and giving community. And mm -hmm. I think uh, to a large extent, we've seen that um, the more people we engaged with Community News Commons, the more people knew about the Winnipeg Foundation, the more people cared about some of the issues in our uh, in our city. And I think. Uh, you know, five and a half years later, we have a city that is informed, is engaged, and is caring and compassionate. And so I think uh, I think we succeeded at, the, uh, at what we set out to do. You've definitely created a community that is quite impressive and obviously quite connected because we throughout the show you might have heard we've been pay playing some of the uh, some of the citizen reporters and their comments to Lord CNC and sort of their in their little uh, responses to you and and maybe a couple thank you so uh, did you hear a couple and what did you think oh yeah I did and uh, you know and you, you know for the last couple of weeks since we uh, announced that CNC was going to attend uh, on December the 8th uh, there have been it's really been an outpouring that uh, has 
just well deserved. Too. Well, well deserved. I appreciate you saying that, but it's been overwhelming for me. Uh, really, it's um, I feel so privileged and so honored to have been able to have convened Community News Commons and to be the editor and to really uh, be a mentor to uh, to such a great group of uh, citizen mm-hmm. uh, citizens in Winnipeg and you know such a diverse group, uh, so many kind people that uh, participated in the project and uh, really it's um, uh, I owe um, uh, I, I owe thanks to uh, Luann Loveland, the manager of communications here at the Winnipeg Foundation, mm-hmm. and Rick Frost, the CEO, for having such a an, uh, you know a progressive look yeah, at uh, you know a view of uh, of how to create a citizen journalism project and to and to give me the keys and to say here go you know drive it and let's see what happens and uh and then i owe you know a lot to the citizens that uh that joined the group and that are still uh remaining here today and um you know their their comments uh really touch me and uh they make me um i'm full of gratitude for sure well for the last time at least in this context i'm going to ask you give me one more story that's being uh published on community news commons this week well uh, it's uh, actually a three-part story and it's about it's about poetry and it's about poetry uh, at the Shaftesbury Park retirement residence in Winnipeg and nice. citizen reporters Joanne Clausen and Shauna Davidson went out to the Shaftesbury Park retirement residence in the southwest of Winnipeg and they found a group of about 20 older adults that uh, have formed what is known as the Poet Society at mm. the Shaftesbury and they love poetry and they get together and they they love each other and they, they love uh, lifelong learning and um, it's a beautiful thing and uh, there's three stories that are on the site this week uh, that uh, really uh, show us the beauty of, uh, of, of lifelong learning and, um, and their love of poetry, the residents over at the Shaftesbury Park Retirement Residence, their love of poetry uh, and of the world just shines. And so it's a, it's a brilliant uh, th- little three-part where we get to hear some of the poetry, we get to see some of the people involved, and uh, it, uh, that story really touched me. So I, I hope our audience uh, really appreciates it. Oh, Captain, my Captain. <laughs> so uh, maybe before we, we wrap things up here, if you could send out a message to people in, in our communities that are telling stories, what's one bit of advice you'd give just to the community or to the uh, citizen journalists and just to people in general who want to tell a story? Well, I would say don't be shy. You know, be curious. Don't be shy. And uh, uh, really talk to people. Uh, in this world of digital uh, communication, we have this tendency to email people, to only uh, communicate with people electronically through text and through other types of uh, e-messaging. And my, my advice is pick up the phone, go out into the world. Whatever you have to do to communicate with people in order to t- talk to people one-on-one, that would be my biggest uh, point. To, uh, my biggest piece of advice to you is talk to people personally and you will get some amazing stories. Beautiful. Well, mm-hmm. at the end of our time together, Noah, usually you've brought us a song that maybe we haven't heard before. So what have you got for us today? Well, actually, it is beginning to sound a little <gasps> like Christmas. Oh, right? good. So uh, I thought I would... Uh, Feature Juno-nominated jazz singer-songwriter Aaron Propp, uh, who has combined with WSO principal cellist Yuri Hooker and pianist-conductor Michelle Moore. They've collaborated on a new Christmas EP. It's called Live Off the Floor. And the trio's been playing tunes together this season in, uh, I think, Regina and Brandon. And they're set to release uh, um, a, a, an EP in December. Uh, I believe December the 10th is when it is. So, um, and uh, Prop is preparing for a new full-length album um, coming up uh, sometime this year, uh, or in the new year, in 2018. So I wanted to um, get you into the holiday spirit with one of the EP tracks. It's called God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. 
at um, this uh, this uh, week's featured song. So uh, here it is uh, from Aaron, Yuri, and Michelle's uh, live off the floor launch. This is God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, right here on River City 360 with Nolan Bicknell and Robert Zirk on 93.7 CJNU. God rest you merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay, for Jesus Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day, to save a soul from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. From God our Heavenly Father the blessed angel came And unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy Oh, tidings of comfort and joy The shepherds at those tidings rejoiced much in mind And left their flocks of in tempest, storm, and wind And went to Bethlehem straightway The Son of God to find No tidings of comfort and joy Comfort and joy Oh, tidings of comfort and joy Now to the Lord sing praises All you within this place And with true love and brotherhood Each other now embrace This holy tide at Christmas All others doth deface Oh, tidings of comfort and joy Comfort and joy Oh, tidings of Comfort and joy. Good rest, ye merry gentlemen. Good rest, ye merry gentlemen. God rest, ye merry gentlemen. That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and a huge thank you to all of our guests for joining us as well. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, please visit our website at rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. And we'd love to hear your feedback about the show. Please give us a call. Our number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can also send us an email if you like, rivercity360 at wpgfdn.org. Or our listener line, once again, uh, the number is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Feel free to leave us a message. Again, that number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can search us on Twitter and Facebook as well by searching at RiverCity360 on Twitter and RiverCity360 on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for RiverCity360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you.